Bodia Botard, welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 97, how are you? I hope you're all doing well. Another busy week in uh, Portugal, another busy week to come before the uh, Christmas holidays. And let's just basically get going. First off, a quick word on the Taça de Liga, which just finished. Congratulations to Santa Clara and Boa Vista, who for the first time in their club history will each be playing in the Final Four. Um, basically, we've got uh, Benfica playing Boa Vista in the first semifinal in Lady on the 25th of January. Then we've got Sporting Santa Clara in the second semifinal on the 26th of January. And then that Saturday will be the final. And uh, again, you don't win any European places out of the Tasa de Liga. This is really a domestic competition. There is some money involved for the teams, but it's also for, of course, a lot of pride and to win what we call in Portugal the Winter Championship uh, Trophy. Uh, biggest story this week, of course, um, you know, Benfica needed three wins against Covilla. They got the three wins. Uh, they got the three goals, excuse me. Sporting went to Penefial on a goal by Thiago Tomaj, and they went on to win 1-0. Thiago Tomaj, unfortunately, a few, a few days later after that, tested positive for uh, COVID. Uh, we saw Boa Vista needed to either draw or beat Braga. Well, let's put it this way. All they needed was a draw against Braga. Braga needed to win, and Boa Vista beat up on Braga 5-1 to in the Bessa. An absolutely amazing scoreline for Boa Vista, and again, they're through. Santa Clara did not play this match day. They had already finished, and uh, not, a, not bad. You didn't play this week, and you qualified for one of the bigger domestic competitions uh, in Portugal. Uh, Santa Clara, a bit of an interesting week. Uh, their manager, Nuno Campos, has left, so they're going to be going on their third manager. be very curious to see who Santa Clara is going to select. It's already been said in the public that Santa Clara has said that they want a manager with experience in terms of knowing the Liga. You know, sometimes we talk in Portugal about how there's a lot of recycling of managers. In other words, there never seems to be like a brand new manager of a team. It's always someone that has already managed a few teams in Portugal. You know, look at Maritimo hiring Vasco Siabra. He's been around. Uh, Cesar Peixoto just got hired by Passos de Ferreira. He's been around. Chaves, Moreirense, Varzim. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, that's the way things work. Lito Vidigal was just hired uh, last week. He's going to be the new manager of Moreirense. He's been around all throughout Portugal for a very long time. Still hopes one day to manage one of the big three and win a Liga championship as manager. So uh, there, there are a lot of managers in Portugal that know Portugal, that know the agents. You don't have to teach them about the teams. They already know what it's like to play against a lot of the teams in the Liga. And a lot of times if there's a lot of recycling of Portuguese coaches, um, some of it has to do, I think, with money. Um, I'm not sure what the salaries that managers get. I mean, certainly not, of course, a million-dollar salary, by not by any means, but a very good salary indeed. But sometimes it's just easier to go the domestic route than possibly going the international route, which can be a little bit more expensive, especially because even if you bring in someone not internationally from another country, they don't know the Liga. So that's why sometimes you see a recycling. Um, look at George Jesus's, JJ's bio. Look at where he was before he went to Benfica. He was at nine or ten different clubs 
before he wound up going to the, uh, took a big chance with Braga, created that great Braga team that the year after went to the, uh, you know, that Domingos managed to the Europa final. But that team was built by Jorge Jesus. And that team since then, JJ, what he did at Benfica, what he did in Saudi Arabia, what he did at Palmares, he's done some really great things. But before that, he was one of these recycled managers in uh, Portugal, and he was all over the place managing, you know, big and uh, small clubs. But Santa Clara, looking for a new manager, and we'll see what they are coming with. I believe they got an interim with one of the assistants right now. But again, Taça de Portugal is all set. We've been spoiled the last few years with the big three and Braga in it. This year, only two of the big three are going to be playing, and we've got some fresh blood with uh, Boa Vista and Santa Clara. My cousins in France who love Porto, don't like it when I uh, say this, but I know it's really tough not to see uh, Porto in it. Um, but, you know, let me. there are a lot of people that don't like the Tasa de Liga. you got to understand the reason why they created this competition. Um, about 15 years ago, uh, back when there was only 16 teams in the first division instead of the current 18, um, if you were a small club in Portugal and you got eliminated early from the Tasa de Portugal, and then you take into account the international breaks, the fact that you're not playing in Europe. Back in the day, clubs used to go two or three weeks sometimes during these breaks without playing a match. And that's a lot of money. That that's Well, let's put it this way. That's money they are not making, even if it's whether it's big or small, because they don't have any matches. Well, that's why they brought in the Atasa de Liga, a competition that uh, I've always said I like, and I think this uh, revamped format is pretty good. I, I don't like the fact that there was only three teams in our group this year. I think if Porto had a chance to, uh, you know, beat Rio Ave and then come back and uh, play, you know, another match, I think Porto would have qualified out of the group. But congestion of schedules is a big issue, and that's why uh, Porto is where they are this year, not having won this competition. But that's the reason why they brought the Tasa de Portugal, uh, was to create more matches for teams in Portugal. Um, obviously, when they went to 18 teams, then that created some... Um, you know, some more congestion with the schedule, but that's why they brought it up uh, 15 years ago as another competition uh, for the clubs. Uh, week 15, round 15 this weekend. Um, no doubt this weekend who is the best match to watch, and that, of course, in my opinion, is Gil Vicente Sporting. If you remember the last time Sporting was in Barcelos to play Gil Vicente last year, uh, Gil Vicente was leading up until the 80th minute, 1-0. And then Sebastian Coat scored two late goals, including one in uh, one minute into a stoppage time and uh, helped overturn the result for a 2-1 to win. And that's when people started to believe at the time that maybe, yes, Sporting has got a really good shot of winning the Liga this year. But Gil Vicente right now is in eighth place in the Liga. They are having a very good season for the small club from Barcelos. I think that's your best match uh, this weekend. Um, you've got Benfica at home to Maritimo. Maritimo has been playing very well of late ever since Vasco Siabra took over. Remember last week, they beat up on Santa Clara at home 4-1. to one. So this is a Maritimo team that is really doing well. I don't see Maritimo going to the Luge and uh, beating uh, Benfica. But certainly, I think Manitim was on the right track, and they've been a longtime member of the first division. So I think they'll, you know, they'll wind up staying. Uh, the other big uh, result uh, is going to be Vizela and uh, Porto this weekend. Um, Porto, uh, of course, we know uh, coming off the win over the Tasa de Liga, the disappointment with Atletico. 
But uh, this is a team this weekend that's going to be going uh, to uh, Vizela. Um, I think we should see Porto pull out a win. Porto has won nine straight matches, whereas Vizela has only recorded one win in the Liga. The only thing Vizela has going for it is they've got a lot of draws this year in the Liga, and they are not necessarily having a bad season. I mean, uh, right now they're in uh, 10th place in the middle of the pack, so they're not necessarily having a bad season for a team that just came up you know, from promotion and doesn't have a big history in the uh, first division. Uh, maybe they could pull a surprise with the draw. I don't see it, but certainly that possibility uh, does exist. Uh, Estoril Praia, they are going to be at home to Familia Kong. Ivo Vieira continues to be the manager. This is surprising a lot of people because Familia Kong is just having a very bad year. Estoril, one point behind Braga. They're in uh, fifth place. Braga, one point ahead. Uh, and, of course, they've been doing very well. But their manager is being rumored to go to Betsikas in Turkey. Uh, obviously a, a, a very good, uh, look, he's a very good manager at Estoril. Um, got them to promotion last year. This year, he's got them in fifth place. So I think he's shown that he could definitely manage. Now, whether or not he can go and manage a big team in Turkey, Turkey, um, you know, is you know not necessarily I think as big as the Portuguese Liga, but certainly a big Liga to begin with. Um, I'd be curious to see, and you know he's going to play a team that has a humongous, passionate following. I think they've got, I don't know if it's on Instagram or Twitter. I think they've got something like ten million followers on one of those accounts. Whereas I think like the Portuguese, the biggest account in Portugal, I think might be Befico Porto, one point two million. So that kind of shows you the big followers that they have uh, with Betsikas, which, of course, is a bigger country uh, than uh, Portugal. But uh, I'll be very curious to see whether or not he'll get the job. Apparently, the latest story uh, is the fact that uh, Estoril Praia wants Betsikas to pay the 350,000 euro buyout. And if they do that, then they would uh, let him go. Uh, so for now, we'll see if Bruno Pinheiro is going to stay at Estoril uh, or if he's going to be going uh, to Turkey. And by the way, another, yet another, another example of how in the Turkish league, they are big fans of the Liga Portugal. Here you go, going after the manager of the fifth-placed uh, team. So there you go. We've already had a few managers that have left for bigger opportunities. Um, Daniel Ramos, of course, left Santa Clara to go to the uh, Middle East. We saw Souza of Boavista also leave for a bigger opportunity abroad. And now you've got another Portuguese manager that could be leaving to go manage one of the bigger clubs in uh, Turkey. Turkey, And again, when you start talking about the smaller clubs in Portugal and the fact that sometimes it's the same managers, that just kind of tells you, financially speaking, how these clubs are in uh, Portugal, the smaller clubs, that is. And obviously, if you're Bruno Pinheiro, I mean, you're going to go to Betsicas, you're going to make a lot more money. You're going to have a chance to uh, try to get into the Champions League next year. And if you're a young manager like he is, that's just a great opportunity. Um, but the question is, is can he manage a big club? But so far, what he's done with Estoril Praia, I think, deserves to be respected. So uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, Estoril this weekend will be at home to Familia Kong. Braga is going to be at home to Bilanenche Saad, B-Saad. Braga, they're kind of struggling. You know, they had that draw in the Europa League. Uh, that sent them to the uh, playoff. They lost to Porto last week in the Dragon, 1-0. And then, of course, now they lost very embarrassingly, and it was, to Boa Vista, 5-1. So, you know, Braga started the season well. Then they dipped. 
The president made a few comments about how they wanted to see them do better. Carvial, you know, agreed. Then they started to play well again. I think they went something like nine matches in all competitions without a loss. And now they're starting to kind of fall back again. And right now, <clears throat> you know, even though they're playing in the Europa playoff, this is also a team right now that's in a big battle for fifth place with uh, Estoril. And, uh, you know, Braga, I think Braga fans, people expect better, especially when the president one day wants to compete for the Liga Championship. And, you know, we know about their second place finish, but that was really a long time ago. But Braga could should be doing a lot better than this. They haven't beaten any of the big three this year. They've lost to Sporting twice. They lost to Benfica badly, 6-1. to one. You know, they lost to Porto, although it was competitive, but they lost 1-0. Um, you're not going to be a team like Braga and compete for the Liga um, if you're not going to, uh, you know, win uh, these uh, type of uh, big matches against the uh, big clubs. You know, you just, you know, you just got to do it. Uh, they're still in the Taça de Portugal uh, competition uh, where they're playing Vizela next week. But I think if you're Braga, I think people expect uh, better from them. Uh, Tundela. We'll be playing Passos de Ferreira. Passos de Ferreira, of course, has a new manager, Cesar Peixoto. He's been around a few times. Um, and then, of course, uh, you've also got uh, Boa Vista with Petit taking on Moreirense. Uh, both of these teams don't have the same managers that they started the season with. Uh, Petit, who, by the way, was sent off, uh, even though they beat Braga 5-1. to one. Um, he's looking to change things around for Boa Vista. And Lito Vidigal is trying to do the same with uh, Moreirense who, uh, again, is second from the bottom. He's got a lot of work to do. So this weekend, uh, it gets going on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Then we're going to have a uh, one-day break, and then we've got the Taça de Portugal next week. Uh, then next weekend, of course, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, no action. Then we come back the following week with uh, Week 16, and obviously the big match will be the Clásico and the Dragón between Porto and Benfica. And then, of course, New Year's Day weekend, no action as well as there'll be a break. Uh, so that's pretty much your uh, schedule uh, coming up. Uh, second division report, Benfica B with a five-point lead over Casapia. Uh, Benfica B has been the best team in Portugal. There's uh, no doubt about it. Uh, this year, they've been playing very well. Uh, different thing compared to FC Porto B, which continues uh, to struggle. But uh, they're doing very well. Kazapi in second place. Fedens from the Feda is in uh, third place with 26 points. Riuav is in fourth place with uh, 24 points. And Penefial in fifth with 23 points. Got a very good match this weekend. I think the best match, uh, in my opinion, in the uh, second division this weekend is, uh, well, you've got uh, Riuav playing Mafra, battle of fourth versus sixth place. And then you also got uh, Fedens. Uh, battle of third place, pending, playing Penefial, uh, fifth place, uh, Benfica B this weekend. Um, they are going to be, um, actually, excuse me, that was last week's uh, results. This weekend, uh, we've got, um, let's see, what do we got here? We've got uh, Casapia, excuse me, will be playing uh, Riwav. Uh, Casapia, of course, second place team. Um, and then you have Nacional playing Leixões. So, uh, excuse me, that was actually last week's schedule. I think this week the standout match, of course, is uh, Casapia and Rioa. Benfica B will be at home to Vila Frequence. Uh, Vila Frequence uh, in 14th place. Uh, Football Club do Porto will be playing Academico do Viseu. Uh, FC Porto B is only in uh, 10th place, 11th place to be exact. Uh, but again, that's your second uh, division report. And again, Benfica B 
really right now opening up a, a five-point uh, lead. Uh, I'm going to be curious to see if they manage to uh, keep it going uh, this weekend. Um, let's get going with my picks. Uh, last week when I did the picks, I was one and three. This week, three and one. So I didn't suck so much this weekend. Uh, I'm at 64%, 37 right, 21 wrong. Uh, last week, I predicted Benfica would beat Familia Cone, and that's what Benfica did, winning 4-1. to one. I beat that Sporting would beat Boa Vista. I got the score right 2-0, but I got it right that Sporting would beat Boa Vista. I predicted that Estoril, and I don't think this was that difficult of a choice because Bissad, you know, was in isolation protocols and only had a few days to rest, but Estoril uh, beat Bissad and 1-0, uh, uh, so I got that right, Estoril winning. The only one I got wrong... Uh, I said that Academica and Shavs would play to a 2-2 draw. Uh, I thought I was going to get to draw, but Shavs with a, a late goal. Uh, Shavs doing pretty good. They're kind of rising up the ranks now in the second division. Uh, they're in eighth place. So uh, right now, again, I'm at 64%. My picks for this weekend, uh, Maritimu, again, much better team with Vasco Siabra. Um, but I just don't see uh, them beating Benfica. I got Benfica winning a two to one. I got Braga beating Bissad two nil. Bissad has a whole week now to get their players ready, but I think Braga is going to really bounce back. Uh, so Braga, I predict Braga will beat uh, Bissad, and I'm, the score for fun I'm predicting is two nil. I'm going to predict that Portimonense will beat Roca, and for fun I'm going to say uh, one nil. And then I'm going to go in the second division. Uh, I got Kazepia, Riwav, again, one of the best matches this weekend in the second division, and I'm going to predict a 1-1 draw. Every time I predict a draw in the second division, I'm always wrong. Well, I better not be this time. I hope I get it right. Looking to go 4-0 and and to try to improve and get back to uh, 75%. Uh, but at least last week I did well uh, going 3-1. Uh, and uh, one. Um Let's talk a little bit about uh, first off the the Europe the uh, Europa and Champions League draw here in my Fast and Furious section. Uh, Porto Lazio, uh, this is a special match uh, tie for Conceição because he played for Lazio. Uh, I believe he played there with Diego Simeone. Um, but uh, Porto Lazio is a very good match again. Conceição and Porto have had a lot of success recently against teams from Italy. So if I think if you're a Lazio fan, you should be very concerned that you're playing the team in Portugal that has had a lot of success. Ask Roma, ask uh, Juventus, ask Milan. Uh, very good tie, I think, uh, for uh, Porto in the Europa playoffs. Braga got probably the team that everybody wanted, and that was uh, Sheriff. Uh, but again, the way Braga has been inconsistent, I don't think you could sit here and say that Braga is the overwhelming favorite. But at least Braga managed to... Uh, you know, basically avoid one of the giants in the Europa playoff, you know, that will take place at the end of uh, January. Uh, interesting thing with the draw, and by the way, us Portuguese shouldn't be complaining about having to redo a draw because if you remember about two, three years ago, there was confusion in the Liga draw when I think a six came up and they thought it was a nine when they were, you know, because they do these permutations where every single draw has a number and they draw out like six numbers and then those six numbers... Uh, when they look at the software, will tell you that this is the complete 34-week schedule. And there was some confusion one year where they got uh, confused between reading a 6 and a 9 when the 6 was upside down or whatever it was. Uh, so us Portuguese shouldn't have had to complain. But uh, certainly, I think, a very tough situation. You know, Sporting got Juventus. And then when they did the redraw, they got Man City. I think 
you kind of wish Sporting stuck with Juventus. Uh, City's tough. I, I know people like to refer to what Sporting did about a decade ago when they eliminated a City, but that was, even though that was a good City, that's not the City of today. Uh, very, very tough, and we got plenty of time, you know, when it comes to February to preview this. But I think I think Sporting got the tougher draw uh, by the fact that uh, they, um, you know, had to wind up playing City. I think if it was Juventus, not as good. But certainly, uh, Juventus would have been a little bit easier. But nevertheless, City's going to be tough. But hey, I like what Ruben Amarin said. You know, they asked him about it, and he said, look, you know, nobody thought we'd win, we'd win the Liga, that our probability was low, and we won the Liga. So who's to say that we can't pull this off? And when you have a bunch of young players on sporting that are trying to make a name for themselves, know that the big European clubs are watching them, this is their final exam to show that they could play for a big team in Europe. And you could, you could bet that when they go play, you know, a team like City, that those players are going to be really motivated, especially Ruben Amarin, because this could also be a bit of a, um, a bit of a rehearsal for him. You know, can he manage against a very, very big club in Europe if he ever wants to go to a bigger club uh, someday? Uh, Benfica, they initially got Real Madrid. You got to feel bad for Real Madrid and the way they came out and wanted to keep it with Benfica. And to be honest with you, they might have been right. I mean, everything up until that point was done correctly, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, Real Madrid did not get their way. Uh, a lot of conspiracy theories about that in Madrid. But Benfica uh, still got a tough draw in Ajax. Uh, Ajax, we know what they did to Sporting, um, beating them on aggregate over the two matches in the Champions League group, 9-3. to three. By no means is this by any means you could sit there and say that this is good. Uh, to me, it's just as tough as the current Madrid. This is a very good Ajax team. Uh, but let's remember the last time Benfica and Ajax played each other in the Champions League. This was in the groups when Rui Vitoria was manager and uh, Benfica had two I don't remember if they beat them or if they beat them just once, but they had two very strong results and that Ajax team was the one that went to the final four of the Champions League that year. And they were asked, and a lot of those players said, you know, Benfica and that Rui Vitoria team were the toughest team they played that year, even though they played all these great teams you know, to make it to the uh, Champions League Final Four. So, uh, but Benfica Ajax won't be easy by no means. Ajax can really score. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe Ajax won't uh, do as much scoring, but I think Benfica, by the time you get to, um, you know, you get to February, March, um, this is a team that should be better. Curious to see if they're going to be bringing any new players in the January window, but I, I don't think it's a bad draw for Benfica. But I also don't think uh, you could say that they got an easy draw. So that's my opinion uh, with that. Um, there was uh, B side made news regarding uh, asking in next week's general assembly meeting of all the clubs on Tuesday. They're asking that the clubs vote whether or not that match against Benfica. You know, when they only had nine players, should be replayed. Um, I would be shocked if all the clubs voted no. Uh, first off, you know, if Benfica has to replay that game, then they've got to replay that game and actually go for the three points. A lot of people felt they just had it too easy for the three points. Um, Benfica fans will not be happy because, and they're right about this too, Benfica had to show up because if they didn't, they would have been docked points. So Benfica didn't do anything wrong. And there's an argument to be made again. We don't know. There's no independent investigation about how it all went down and, you know, should there have been a decision not to play that match. But, you know, Benfica's in a tough spot. You know, what are you going to do? But I have a feeling they are going to replay this match. It'll probably be replayed sometime in January. Um, you know, you look at Darwin. He had a hat trick against Belenenses. Assad, 
Bisad, and he's one of the leading scorers in the Liga. Um, I said in the last episode that, you know, you go into March, April, and May, and he's among the leaders. People are going to be looking at that match and discrediting him. At least if you play this match, you can at least try to justify it. But at the end of the day, Benfica fans are not going to be happy. And, but unfortunately, I do think it's going to be uh, voted to be replayed and to bring the Verdade Desportivo back. Um, you know, it's just the way it is. And, you know, and, and again, this is my guess, but I don't think it's hard to guess that uh, all the big clubs in Portugal are going to, you know, how they're going to be voting to ask for the uh, replay. Uh, so that's uh, going to be a bit controversial if that happens uh, next week. And, of course, controversy before Christmas. We love it, right? Don't we love it? Um, now regarding these suspensions, um, obviously next week with the uh, Taça de Portugal, uh, let me take a minute, by the way, with the Taça de Portugal. That gets going on Tuesday of next week. Tundela, Estoril Praia, Familia Kong, Portimonense. Uh, you've got on uh, Wednesday a pretty good match, I think. Casa Pia, one of the three best teams in the second division, hosting Sporting. Be careful, Sporting. That could be a very tough match. And then, of course, on Thursday, you've got the Clásico in the Dragon between Porto and Benfica. Last year on December the 23rd, we had the Super Cup. This year, these two teams are meeting again um, to play in the Taça de Portugal. And then, by the way, next Thursday, the day before New Year's Eve, they're going to be playing again for the Liga. So we get a bit of a Christmas present uh, with these uh, big matches. But, um, you know, the biggest thing, of course, uh, when we talk about uh, the Taça, the, the, the Clásico, um, is obviously the fact that um, it looks like right now, well, we know JJ will not be on the sideline. And I don't know if Porto has said anything publicly, but I know they have also appealed the uh, suspensions to Conceição. Uh, he wasn't on the sideline in the Tasa de Liga match against uh, Rio Ave. But, but basically, in case you don't know, uh, Conceição made some remarks about the referees from a match back in February. That's right, you heard me correct, February. And JJ made some remarks about the referees uh, for a match back in May. That's right. You heard me right. May. And for whatever reason, and I'm, and I'm trying to say this and measure my words so I don't sound like I'm being sarcastic. I want to be objective. Um, for some reason, the decisions of punishment, 15 days to each of these managers, uh, only comes out in the middle of December. And the news came out for Conceição the day after they were eliminated by Atletico. So you can only imagine what people at Porto were thinking, although the report said that probably Porto knew about it uh, that day before, but it only became public the next day. Uh, and then, of course, JJ, you know, he found out about his uh, the other day. And, um, you know, I love this Liga. You love this Liga if you're listening to this podcast. Um, we obviously all like to watch European football, but we obviously all have it in our heart. But... You know, last week when I was saying how they went ahead with the BSAD Benfica match is beyond me, but at the same time, how they went ahead um, and decided to make these decisions in the middle of December, these punishments, which, by the way, are on video, the words that the manager said. Um, I don't understand how it can't take just a few days. Or if you're going to give anybody some time, give them two weeks to discuss it, the disciplinary committee, and, and figure out what they want to do. But for whatever reason, uh, this is taking place. You know, Conceição made his remarks in February. This comes out in December. JJ makes his remarks in May, and this comes out in December. And, and take off your Benfica hat, take off your Porto hat. 
whatever it is, take off your hat and just be a regular fan and just think about that. And, you know, the media complain about this, the clubs complain, but nobody ever asks the question, why? <laughs> why does this happen? Why does it take six to eight months to make a decision off a of video? You know, it's one thing if this was breaking the law and you want to let the law and the police do their investigation with things, and sometimes you wait for that to happen before you make any decisions. But this was something I believe that was said during the uh, after the match, uh, right away, um, in those uh, you know those uh, you know quick uh, meetings, you know when they grabbed the manager walking off the pitch, uh, or I, I, or they might have said at the press conference, which is about 20 minutes after the match ends. And I just don't understand why it takes that long. And, and nobody ever asks that question. People complain. Uh, people like to write about the fact that the teams are complaining. But I never see anybody ever write, why exactly do they wait six to eight months? I mean, why does it take that long in Portugal in something where you have video? And if the managers were being that critical of the refs and there's something in the bylaws that said they have to be punished, why does it take this long? I mean, is somebody on vacation? Um, you know, I mean, there's a thing called Zoom if uh, people aren't going into the office to work. Um, it's just, uh, even now, like, I'm taking my hat off, scratching my head, because it just doesn't make sense. And, and look, I've always been very complimentary about the Federation. I've always been very complimentary about the Liga. I know a lot of people have their issues, especially these days with Fernando Santos and the Federation. But I think for the most part, the Federation and the Liga do a very good job. I've always said that in the past, that they do a very good job. Um, I know there's refereeing controversies, but I think they do a very good job as administrators. But here, and I know this is, I believe, the Federation Disciplinary Board that decides these things. Why it takes this much is, I think, number one, needs to be investigated first. Like, why does it take this many months to adjudicate this? Why can't this be taken care of within a few days so that if a manager is going to be punished, he can't be punished uh, he could be punished right away for the next match. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, uh, I try not to bring my North Americanism into it, but things are usually taken care of right away. I know in the Premier League they take care of things right away, from what I understand. But again, regardless of whatever colors you are, whatever is your favorite club, you know, whether you're blue, red, or green, or you know, Braga blue or red. Um, Atlético dos Arcos, Vizela, whatever you are. It's just very strange that we have a situation where these things, especially when you have video, takes it this long. And, and I don't want to insult anybody. Again, I like the people at the highest levels, but I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense. These things should be taken care of within a few days. And, you know, the other thing also about Portugal is there's all these appeals. Um... You know, and this drags it on and on and on. And I guess people have a right to appeal, I know. But so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, JJ's not available to be on the sideline next week. And Conceição, um, I don't know his status yet, uh, whether or not he will be allowed. I mean, he's already serving it because he didn't wasn't on the sideline against uh, Rio Ave. So we'll see what happens. But the timing of these punishments is just downright... And I say this subjectively, very weird. And if you ever wonder sometimes why there's a lot of paranoia about decisions, why you people think people are very cynical, this is one of the many things that could uh, be changed. Uh, but again, I, I don't know why. And, I, and by the way, if they're doing it, there's got to be a good reason. There has to be a good reason. We just don't know what it is. 
because nobody ever tells us, or if it is, I must have not read that newspaper, so I don't know. But uh, that's the decision. A uh, few other things, a uh, very sad thing that happened off the Mendy with the house robbery. Uh, I know this has happened, I think, two years ago to a few Porto players, and I think this just so happened in Spain. Um, when you are a celebrity, uh, and that's what these guys are, you know, they're not a TV celebrity, but they are just as well-known, especially in uh, Portugal. Um, I remember, um, you know, players in Portugal saying that they never went out because everybody knew who they were. You know, their wife would do all the shopping. Um, but obviously something is going on, and uh, first and foremost, you're glad that Otamendi and his family are safe, but it ruins you and it bruises you psychologically to know that your home doesn't feel secure anymore, and uh, that's not a very good thing. And uh, you hope that doesn't affect his play. Uh, Otamendi's been a very good player for Benfica. He's been a leader. He doesn't take any stuff on the field from anybody. He defends the country the way Pep defends Porto, uh, or the way Sebastian Quartz defends, uh, you know, Sporting. He's uh, he's uh, kind of a guy, you know, like in hockey. He's the tough guy on the team, and uh, you know, he's a good player. So uh, best wishes to him, and uh, hopefully that they get a full recovery. Out of uh, that, uh, Porto the other night, uh, look, you're not going to advance in the Tasa de Liga. So why not give six players their uh, first team debuts? Very smart move by Porto. I think that was uh, the right thing uh, to do under those circumstances. Uh, I think we all kind of knew eventually that Porto would win. I mean, to expect Rioap to go to the Dragon, even to play Porto's second team, they're not going to win three to nothing. Not a second division team. I just, you know, they didn't even do it when they were in the first division. But uh, very, uh, again, uh, very big night in Porto. A lot of uh, new memories have been uh, created uh, with the fact that they had uh, six players, um, you know, that made their debuts. Uh, sporting, a bit of a challenge this weekend. They've got something like seven, eight players out between COVID, suspensions, and injuries. Uh, Thiago Tumash was the most recent player to test positive. Paulinho, they're hoping maybe he will recover in time. Uh, Sebastian Quat uh, has already recovered, and he, of course, played in the most recent match. But uh, a lot of headaches, and that's why I think Gil Vicente Sporting is, in my opinion, the best match uh, this weekend, uh, simply because of the fact that they might be a little bit undermanned against a Gil Vicente team. Sporting is by far, even with what they're going to feel, the best team. But they are missing uh, some guns. But they still have Quatch. We'll see if he scores another goal, you know, against uh, Gil Vicente. Uh, Renato Paiva, who uh, led his team in the f to the Ecuadorian uh, title, is being linked with Los Angeles FC, LAFC, and Major League Soccer in the United States. Uh, Renato Paiva, of course, I think it was right around last year at this time, maybe in between, I think, Christmas and New Year's, that I recall he made the decision to leave Benfica B and go to take this opportunity in Ecuador. But uh, he is apparently, in media reports say that he is under consideration. And uh, LAFC, by the way, is owned by a lot of celebrities. They draw very well, but they're expected to be a very exciting team. Los Angeles Galaxy is one of the big teams in Major League Soccer. They've got a long history, more than just, you know, they had David Beckham. Um, but uh, I'll be curious to see. My only worry about a Portuguese manager going uh, to MLS is that MLS has the single has that sort of single entity system where you could spend a lot of money on three designated players, which tend to be your three star players, and most of the time names from abroad, big stars. 
Um, but it's a system, and it's a good system, by the way, because you have as many as 20 teams every season. Great article the other day in The Athletic about how, you know, every year with Major League Soccer, regardless of what you think about it, there's 20 teams every year that actually have a hope of winning the MLS Cup. Um, and that's the truth, and that's what makes, I think, MLS very nice. You can't say that in Portugal. Three teams, maybe four if Braga gets their act together. But uh, the only thing, though, is a different league, a different structure. You, you know, if Natu Paiva becomes the manager, you just can't ask for a bunch of players. You could probably get a good international player. Maybe that brings another uh, Portuguese player to Major League Soccer. We'll see. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of not your ordinary job because of the system that is MLS in terms of the salary cap, in terms of how you can get foreign players. Uh, not to mention that you're, you're playing in a country um, where you have to travel all over the country. There's 32 teams. There's not, you know, like 18 in the first division or whatever it is in Ecuador, which is, I think, right around that amount. Uh, so this is not an easy situation for Renato Paiva to go in. But again, um, he did a great job in Ecuador. And who's to say, you know, he could do a great job here with LAFC. So we'll see. Uh, Pedro Santos, who I had as a guest earlier this year, he signed a renewal with Columbus. He's really very comfortable in Columbus. Um, has done very well with them, and uh, congratulations uh, to him. Um, and other news, of course, uh, Nani is leaving Orlando City. He was linked with a club in uh, Brazil. Uh, look, I saw some people saying they wanted Nani to come back to sporting, but I think when you're Nani at this point in your career, you want to try to go for that one big money opportunity. Uh, so I'd be curious to see where he's going to land. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Middle East. Always a lot of money there, and he does have some good name recognition. Um, so we'll see uh, where they go. Uh, Abu Freda, the Palmeiras manager, said that Abu Freda will be back. He's got a contract double, uh, with Palmeiras through 2022, but the Palmeiras president uh, wants him to uh, renew it till uh, 2023. Uh, Abel's done a great job in uh, Brazil. Um, you know, he could leave it for Europe, but if he's going to leave, he's got to go to a right opportunity. I think I actually saw his name linked with the best seekers job. But uh, if I'm able, maybe you spend another year. Um, but at the same time, if a big opportunity comes along in Europe, I think you've got to take it. Because uh, if you wind up staying in Palmeiras and you don't win the Copa Libertadores and you wind up having a subpar year, your glow of being this rising coach, uh, it could disappear pretty fast. So, you know, you've got to be careful if you're Abel Ferreira. There's, by the way, been some stories that Flamingo is in Portugal to talk to JJ. I don't believe it. Uh, JJ's not going anywhere. If he were to leave, maybe it happens after the season, but he's not going to leave right now. I, I know there's a group of fans not happy with him, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just don't see that happening. Um, also, the Nations League draw, that kind of surprised me. That's kind of crept up on us. Uh, it's not going to be played until next year, 2022. I think in June is when they have something like three or four matches. Um, but uh, you've got Portugal, Switzerland, um, Czech Republic are in uh, Portugal's uh, group. Um, actually, while I'm here, who the hell is that uh, fourth team that's in uh, Portugal's group? But uh, it's a good competition. I like it. Um, obviously, if they're going to be playing four matches in June, uh, I think that's a great way to get Portugal, if they qualify for the World Cup, to get ready. Spain, by the way, is the uh, fourth team. Excuse me. But, um, you know, I think it's like the uh, it's like the Tasa de Liga. Some people just think it's an inconvenient. But you know what? I'll take this competition over playing on meaningless friendlies. Um, playing Spain 
uh, playing Switzerland, which is, by the way, not an easy team, and playing Czech Republic, who've had some very good players. Um, it's probably better to be playing them instead of playing, you know, friendlies for money in uh, Geneva, um, you know, like we've done in the past. Uh, you know, when they play all these different teams in Europe and they bring the Portuguese teams to Switzerland. I think they've played a match in uh, France. Uh, or they just play these matches in Portugal. Um, but, uh, you know, to me, uh, it's a good competition. And, uh, you know, if Portugal can take care of business and qualify for the World Cup, I think uh, this will be a good matches that they'll be playing in June to help them further get ready for the World Cup because these matches, by the way, will count. And any time a match counts... That means that people are going to uh, be taking it uh, seriously. Um, Going to end it right here, but let me just finish first. Uh, my club, Atletico dos Arcos, uh, in the districts. You could sort of say the fifth division. Last week, they beat Ancora de Praia uh, 2-0, and they uh, won their first match in the promotion uh, stage. They are playing this week against a team that also came up with them to promotion, uh, ADC Correia. I believe that's a team near Viana do Castelo. Uh, but uh, Atletico do Arcos, my dream. Again, I've told you this before. I want to follow them one day, hopefully making it to the second division. They don't have the money for the first division. But uh, I'm going to follow them, and I think you should follow your uh, team too. The only thing, by the way, I don't like about the districts that I think is very unfair is uh, only one team gets promoted to the fourth division, and the second-place team also uh, gets to qualify for the Taça de Portugal. Um, so essentially only one team out of 10 qualifies to get uh, promoted. Uh, you know, what's that all about? That almost means you're relegating most teams to stay in the districts. I, I don't like that, but hopefully uh, Athletic will uh, finish uh, first. Um, looking at my notes here, I think that's really about it. Um, again, um, if, uh, you know, uh, season's greetings, uh, please take care of yourselves and family. Got a lot of new content up on the website, PortugueseSoccer.com. Thank you for all your comments. Uh, people always ask me, how do you want to support? Well, it's very simple. Feel free to read the, the articles, uh, follow the social media accounts. That's more than enough to say uh, thank you. And thank you to all those that uh, continue uh, to DM me, and uh, especially when they think back to the old days of PortugueseSoccer.com with the, uh, the gray uh, background, or with the green background, the uh, camouflage background. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, if you get a chance, check out, you know, as always, our social media, Peace Soccer, COM on Twitter and Instagram and our partner account on Instagram, uh, excuse me, Peace Soccer, COM on Twitter and Facebook and on Instagram, Portuguese underscore soccer underscore noticias and of course the website, PortugueseSoccer.com. And for those that can't spell Portuguese, PeaceSoccer.com. So feel free to give it a, a visit. Folks, I'm going to wrap it up here now. I've spoken more than enough. I hope I'm not giving you a headache. Uh, please take care of yourself. Things getting a little bit scary, especially if you're in England. Please uh, stay safe. Um, I'm able to watch Sky News on YouTube. I think Sky News is uh, outside of England or outside of the United Kingdom. They make it free on YouTube, and I've been following what's been going on in England. So please, I've got a lot of followers and listeners in England. Please uh, stay uh, safe and be careful in the other parts of the world. Cases are growing um, you know, and again, it, uh, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of getting to that time where we got to all be careful. Fortunately, in the Liga, not having the same issues like they're having in the Premier League, and let's hope that uh, that will continue to be the case. Folks, take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to you next time. Ciao, everybody.